Welcome to Metro 30, the Metro Monthly's weekly conversation with the community. History and the moments surrounding it, passed down through print or spoken from one generation to the next, can often be difficult to envision. Yet with films, some moments were not only able to be captured, but preserved. The Mahoning Valley has its own highlight reel of historical moments, big and small. Moments that can be shared with us today. I'm your host, Zion Addison, and you're listening to Metro 30. Today, we'll be joined by Connie Jones and Chris Rattushin from the Business and Media Archives of the Mahoning Valley. We'll discuss the archives from WKBN, working with the collection and sharing clips they found. Connie, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us here. Connie, could you start by telling us where the archives come from and why they were created? Sure. It uh, started sort of back in 1926 when Warren P. Williamson, Jr., uh, started the radio station WKBN. Um, that's when the station actually went on the air. And he is was a tremendous man as far as keeping his own history. Okay. He kept all of his, uh, from th- those days back in the radio days, clear up through TV. And uh, his children went on to do uh, Wilcom Cellular in the area. So he had a radio station, AM, then FM, then TV, then Wilcom Cellular. And um, he kept so much of his stuff, so many local stations and national mm-hmm. local stations had thrown out or gotten rid of their old uh, audio recordings, video recordings, because they didn't, you know, it had been phased out. But he kept it. Uh, we have um, so the very first stories from 1955, 56, that uh the first TV stories that they had on the air, oh, wow. you know, clear up through about 2000, um, we we have custody of, and it's it's a tremendous collection that's just uh, unparalleled in the area for sure, mm-hmm. and certainly uh, is very rare in this in the country. So, when did the Mahoning Valley Historical Society receive the archives? Um, it it kind of came in, in in a sort of a slow fashion in a way. Okay, they had their own collection separate um, from the station when the station was being sold. Okay. And they set it up separately. They, um, and I came into, I, I came into the situation in um, 1999, oh, okay. I believe. And at, it was like a year or two after that, that the family decided to give the collection to the historical society to manage. Okay. So it was around about 2001, I think, 2002. Yeah, somewhere in there. All right. Now, how how extensive are these archives in terms of individual files? Like, when you received them, were there boxes and boxes of videotapes, multiple clips on one tape? Like, what was the physical state of the collection? Well, luckily, I did not – I was not here when they gave us the whole collection, but I did have to move the whole collection. Okay. And it um, – there's multiple stories on each reel of tape, or reel of film, okay. or each reel of tape. Um, there's, it's extremely extensive. There's um, about 128,000 different reels of film and audio or videotapes, that is. There are thousands of black and white films or wow. black and white pictures. Mm-hmm. There's uh, hundreds of um, audio recordings and mm-hmm. equipment and business records. Um, it fills up two very large um, storage rooms. We call them the vault. They've mm-hmm. got separate <laughs> air conditionings and yeah. uh, humidity and stuff. So how were the archives being preserved 
before you received them and then also now? Uh, about the same way in some ways. The, when Before I had the job, um, one of Mr. Williamson's granddaughters uh, was running the place, okay. and she was being trained by our archivist at the Historical Society. So it's it's being preserved both digitally, as a lot of the film, the, the 35 millimeter film and okay. negatives are digitally being preserved. Plus, we're working on the same kind of thing for the video collection, but we're in the process of buying servers so that we can store that, because of course, video collections are so much more massive than okay. still pictures. Mm-hmm. How does that work exactly with, um, as far as like, let's say a video on a reel, when you're digitizing it, what what does like a film reel translate into like gigabytes? No, that's one for Chris, I think. Um, oh, man. Uh, I guess it depends on the size of the reel. I would think like anywhere between a couple gigs to could be 40 gigs, I mean, plus. I mean, it really just depends on the size of the film reel. What, what would you say, what is the process of taking film clips and digitizing them, and, like, who's all involved with that? Um, well, we have a little software and hardware called Blackmagic. Okay. And it's this little converter box that you plug into whatever device it could be. It could be the actual 16-millimeter film uh, projector, or it could be VHS, it could be mm-hmm. DVC Pro, it could be Beta 3-quarter inch. And um, that goes into the other... Uh, hookup goes into your computer and we also have a monitor to so monitor what we're doing and that's pretty much how it goes I mean it's all like in real time too because oh, you yeah. have to sit there and watch each clip oh, as wow. it is so wow. then yeah. we then we edit it down essentially okay. and before that we have to take the film and a lot of times there have been like either bad splices that are just yeah. kind of mm-hmm. aged and they break yeah. Or there are, you know, they didn't, like, maybe put some splices together with, like, masking tape, you know, which is horrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I you know. Yeah. It was, like, for things, like, they, they weren't planning to, to use anytime soon. So we um, have to go through that and edit those out, cut those out physically, add new tape to it. And um, then once we get through all of that, we can put it through the machine. Okay. Uh, it depends on the state of the film, too, because some of the, you know, uh, aren't in great shape. Some of them have been yeah. left in damp conditions or you basically when you're you're getting the breakdown of the celluloid or the film it has this kind of vinegary smell to it and um some of it could be creased or it just starts getting very brittle and that could be falling apart it all depends i mean she's more uh i'd say i'd do the repairs like she discussed before but she's actually been in we have the shed next door so we go there because the chemicals are quite strong so she's she'll let them sit out or air out. Yeah, we haven't had to clean so. too much of them because Williamson's right. kept their film in a pretty good condition mm-hmm. and pretty right. good place. But we have had some films from uh, individuals or ones that we've found in various places. That we've done mm-hmm. some for the Historical Society themselves, which is a really kind of a cool collection yeah. that we put up online. Um, it was a family from down in Salem who was pretty well off and it was like during the depression but they I don't think they were feeling it because they had a film camera and they oh. used film and it was just it was just a really neat group yeah. of, of family enjoying the area it was just you know compared to what we normally work with which isn't a bad thing but we work with news and sports mm-hmm. and okay. weather related things but this was like a family enjoying themselves having a good time oh wow that's really I'm glad that yeah. you mentioned that because like even just like See the clips that I've seen. Of course, some of them are news clips. But how much of the archives would you say come from just 
families or individuals who had personal cameras of their own at the time? Not a lot. No, not a lot. I, mean, I would say probably, you know, in the in the overall scheme of both film, I guess film and video, I would say that it's less than less than a tenth of a percent mm -hmm. perhaps even because it's it's not that very very many people would think to give it to us first of all okay. um secondly um i've picked up a few like at yard sales and stuff like oh, that wow. just because you know why not uh, mm -hmm. uh, there's been a there was a family that gave us a bunch of uh little films to transfer for them and things like that but in general it's not it's mostly news and sports related yeah okay okay um as far as um the clips that you found already in the archives, what are some that you found to be really compelling? I know what my favorite is. Go ahead. I, mine was Bobby Kennedy, because we had thought that it had been missing okay. for when he came in to, he was like campaigning uh, in Youngstown. And I, we thought that was gone, and that was just one of those, I, I remember calling her. There was probably some expletive involved. I'm like, oh my, <laughs> <laughs> I just found I, I just found yeah. it, and I was kind of freaking out, because we work weekends, and I was it was my weekend shift, and I had I don't know or even how I found it. I mean, there, there was a bunch of reels that sometimes there's a giant reel and it's from multiple reels that the editor had clipped onto okay. the same reel. So, like, you just don't know what number's there until you're going through it all. And then I found it and I kind of had a little freak out moment. But, I mean, I don't know. For a lot of people, including myself, Idora, anything you get to see about Idora from any decade is pretty impressive. And, of course, Mill Creek. But what are some of your favorites? I think that some of mine, beyond the ones you've mentioned already, I, I, he's a bit younger than I am. And some of the ones that, that I think are really kind of cool are like the steel mills and things mm -hmm. like that. I mean, it's just, it, it, uh, I had the opportunity once when I was, he and I both worked at WFMJ way okay. back when. And one time when I was working at FMJ, I got to go inside a, a working steel mill. And, and the sound of the big, giant, uh, Bats of steel yeah. and the the heat and the mm. it was just like being in in kind of like almost like in a living beast of sorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really kind of cool, and seeing that kind of thing, seeing the video of that that kind of thing is is just neat. The other thing is like Lordstown when it, it was going under. We pulled some really good film from that, and you know it's just basically you know there's so many things that are area is known for mm -hmm. you know the, of course there's the trafficant there's the um mobsters and stuff like that there was some film that i came across one time recently that was of aerial footage of one of the mobsters there there the mobster and unfortunately his two sons got caught in the blast too and one of them died and it was like aerial footage of of where this had happened wow. in his in at his house and you know the, the just how much damage was surrounding it and it's just there's just some really neat stuff in there like the putting in this is like something that i don't know why but really intrigues me mm -hmm. but putting in the um the freeways and stuff you know before oh, yeah. there was the freeways of course neighborhoods would have met and when they put the freeways in they're now broken apart yeah. and it was yeah. just some neat footage of them putting it in and just i don't know the why that just kind of intrigues me well there's the rosa parks clip too oh yeah for sure we were trying to identify the reverend involved in the clip, and it was like a very brief clip. And yeah. you think like, I mean, we, we uh, looked it up in the Vindicator because we didn't have much information on it. It was like, was it online about the archives of Vindicator? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember what was, I think it was the Selma March. Wasn't that going on? Like that was like the major headline. It, but like it was tucked way far back into the Vindicator, yeah. like this small little article. I'm like, you think like someone 
you know, as notable as Rosa Parks yeah. visiting Youngstown would have been a little further up in a bigger yeah. article <laughs> with a picture, but I don't think there was a picture involved. I mm. don't think so either, but of course, you know, you look at back historically at, at TVs, uh, you know, TV newspapers, of course, they were run by white guys, white oh. guys, yeah. not just guys, but white guys yeah. who just, you know, that wouldn't have been something on their radar necessarily. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's a shame. It really is. But uh, it, you kind of have to look at the history at that time, yeah, yeah. you know, and even um, context. Is yeah, important. context yeah. historically is very important. There's uh, another one when uh, King died, um, yeah. and they had a really great um, memorial for him up at Stamba Auditorium. And there was just, I mean, some beautiful footage of... Unfortunately, yeah. there was audio with that. Yes. It wasn't from Rosa Parks. Yeah, so much uh, they didn't bother doing audio with because there, there was, like, separate kind of film. There was just mm-hmm. either black and white film or okay. there's black and white film with an audio track. Yeah. And if they, unless they knew they were going out to something that they wanted the audio mm-hmm. for, they didn't bother sending the, the audio out really. with it. And, yeah. and it's really frustrating when, you know, most of the time it doesn't matter, a car accident, a fire, yeah, you know. Right. But back then, it, it, you know, one of the ones that makes me crazy is when JFK was in town. Oh, yeah. John Kennedy. Yeah. A giant um, crowd downtown and, you know, him, him speaking there in front of the people. And we have no audio of it. And it yeah. just, it's like, wow, really couldn't have sent the audio with that <laughs> one. <laughs> Come on, man. You think man. about it, too. I mean, how charismatic he was. But that aside, like... I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to win to some degree, or like he no. was just a senator visiting. So it was kind of like, and of course, all right, yeah, they probably just went out. Of course, whatever, nobody just, knew he was going right. to die young oh, either. Yeah. So right. that makes yeah. him so much more important, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. just another president coming to town doing his political thing. Yeah. I'm sure is what yeah. they thought. Senator so. at the time, yeah, yeah the time, or just yeah. Any, any politician at that point, just you know, yeah, yeah. At the time, it's like. I mean, I don't know if it's different now, but, like, people might not have, like, the presence of mind to record everything. or Because right. you, you don't know what's going to be important right. in the future. Right, exactly. And, you know, back, yeah. you know, that's when, when Chris and I were working in the TV station, of course, there mm-hmm. wasn't any sort of separation between video and audio. It was right. all being gathered at the same moment. So it, it, it is a kind of a separate thing mentally about, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, yeah, I got to, you know, there isn't mm-hmm. audio on this kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. Didn't think about that. So what was the initial plan for how to share these archives once it was received by the historical society? Uh, you know, that's a that's a good question. A lot of it uh, at the very early days uh, when I started was tended to be shared by um, via DVD, frankly. Okay. If you came in and you said your uncle was, yeah. you know, so-and-so, I would look up anything I could find on uncle so-and-so. Okay. And I'd give you a DVD of that and... Um, back at that point, we didn't have the um, the Black Magic box, and mm-hmm. we did have a the the film goes through this machine, which is hilariously called Elmo. I don't know why <laughs> Elmo. I think of the little puppet, but um, it does a really great job of. It doesn't project it like a projector, yeah. but it looks ex- exactly like a projector. But it comes out in both an you know an audio and a video okay. cable. So that goes into the computer, but we, um, without the black magic, we couldn't transfer it directly to the computer. But nowadays, we can we can do that. We can put it online. We can. Mm-hmm. Great thing recently, you know, with the addition of Chris, you know, he's a lot more tech savvy than I am, and he can kind of, kind of. Well, you know, to a great degree. <laughs> She's MacGyver over here. Yeah, I try to be, but um, 
we can put things on um, uh, like a we transfer kind of thing okay, where yeah, yeah. you know somebody in California or even across you know the pond as it were over in yes. England might want something of ours Anywhere. and we can just drop it in a box on our computer right. and it, it magically ends up in theirs and not to worry about shipping or getting lost it's a tremendous thing but that's yeah, back in the old days, it was basically done on VHS and uh, DVD if you wanted a copy of something. Or your demo reel. Yeah. I remember, like, handing someone my <laughs> yeah. VHS demo reel. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, which, oddly enough, if speaking of a demo reel, kind of brings up an interesting thing about the collection is sometimes back in the day yeah. when somebody was a reporter at the station and they were sending out a demo reel, they would literally cut their favorite story out of the um, reel, oh. and they'd have to send that original story to so-and-so, mm. and that story never came back. So occasionally oh, we're yeah. missing things, but uh, for the most part, uh, I would say 95% at least of it is there. Oh, okay, no, that's important. Yeah. That's good. Uh, so how long, because um, even like I myself, I've been looking online, it's, I've, you guys have the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. How long have you been posting to that? Uh, I think about three, three years, years now. No, okay. Yeah, three years, and we've started uh, migrating all of that stuff over onto a YouTube mm-hmm. page, too. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's how we're, we're getting the information out. And it's really kind of cool because, oh, yeah. you know, it's nice to see that, that ticking up how many people are following mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and things. Or the comments or if there's things that people we don't obviously recognize. That people might. We've had people come in and... So that was us in the 60s as, like, teenagers yeah. playing in this, these, like, R&B and soul bands. We're like, oh, yeah. like, you know, it's kind of cool because you have that network of people who can say, oh, that's so-and-so, or I know this person, or I remember this one, and they share it with that person or a relative or a friend, and yeah, there was all of a sudden you have us recording this history or yeah. putting, yes. putting these Mad Lib pieces kind of together where normally, you know, we we don't have any information other than like maybe a slug or a, just a sentence of info. Yeah, we had a, a story that was kind of – it wasn't real short. It wasn't a story story mm-hmm. either. I don't know why they ended up covering it, but it was a really cool thing with that – what was the band's name? Do you remember that one at oh, all? Oh, man. Don't quiz me on the air. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> but it was, a, it was an African-American band. And yeah, I thought they, they were, were doing all stuff really at our door. young. Yeah. Um, they were like in their 20s or even younger. Uh, younger. And Youngstown? Yeah, yeah, in Youngstown, and it was really cool. It, and all it said on the on the reel of tape was, uh, uh, I think it was black band or African-American band or something, something like, like that. that. Um, and so we pulled that sucker out, and we, like, ran it through yeah. the machine and cleaned it up and everything and tried to see who it was. And we had no idea because it didn't say anything about what the name of it was. Yeah. And there was no shots. No number, no nothing. Yeah, no shots of, like, you know, the poster of, like, who the band right. was. But amazingly enough put it up online and a few days later somebody from that band wow. calls us and says wow. that's us you yeah. know <laughs> and, wow. and then they, cool. they came in and we gave them copies of it and they sent some out to their friends you know other buddies in yeah. the band yeah. it was really a cool story i just love yeah. that kind of story yeah. that when they put names to faces too yeah. which is nice so we have that with the collection now and so I mean, you would hope that you can still catch people because, you know, in a blink of an eye, people are gone, generations mm-hmm. are gone, and yeah. then history is not preserved. It's gone with it, you know, so. Yeah. That's true. So is everything, um, everything in the collection, is it eventually planned to be shared, like everything you have? Um, yes and no. Everything's going to, I hope, if we have enough money someday, mm-hmm. everything I hope will be on a server. And that if you had any desire to come in and thank you Cargill McDonald's yeah. <laughs> I may help you <laughs> if you had any desire to come in and and look for things on a specific subject like 
trafficant or mm-hmm. Lordstown, then you'd hopefully be able to punch into a computer that name and, and it would bring up all of these separate stories. Oh, okay. That's my hope. Oh, yeah. But I don't That'd know cool. you know, if we're ever going to have enough money to be, have that mm-hmm. many servers because it's going to take a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I doubt if we'll ever put everything up like on Facebook because okay. so much of it, it's boring as heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, going to um, board meetings and oh, they call okay. them board meetings for a reason. <laughs> Um, and yeah. other things like that that are just that nobody wants to nobody wants to look at mm-hmm. even me you know going yeah. through it yeah. and um, it's you know those kind of things that's kind of in some ways why we kind of do like almost a hit and miss kind of thing on okay. the Facebook page because yeah. when we come across something cool we want to share it but yeah. we come a lot through a lot of stuff that's like eh, nobody's going to want to see this you know what about um, an exhibition or maybe like a physical location is that something that we plan like possible like I don't know. a place somewhere people can just stop by and just watch videos or yeah in some ways we sort of have that now it's, okay. it's very rudimentary so um but it's we have where we're located which is behind the arms museum in the carriage house okay we have what we call a viewing area okay and we've got a couple of uh like a dvd player vhs player that we can st- stick things in and people can I, I can look up for you okay and then i can pull the tapes or the dvds and throw them in the machine and you can watch them um it's unless you're really really wanting to see just like a whole reel of video yeah. you kind of have to call ahead to let me okay. know that yeah but um i would we have at our other location downtown mm-hmm. at the tyler history center We've put some of our videos onto some some interactive screens nice. down there, okay. and that's really kind of cool. And I, I we don't work down there, so I haven't gotten a lot of feedback mm-hmm. about that. But I think it's going over well. But yeah, I would really like to be able to have that, have people be able to just come in and see what they want to see when Absolutely. they want to see it. Yeah. How often now do you have people either call or come in and say, "Hey, I have." Yeah, almost Very not few. at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it is, a, it is a shame, but it does take that um, that extra effort because you can't call that day and, and see it probably because so much of our stuff is uh, half at least of our stuff is on film. Mm-hmm. So we have to go to where the film is stored, uh-huh. and we have to bring it back, and we have to fix all those <clears throat> splices mm-hmm. that are bad, and then we have to record it through the machine and then we you know then we can let you see it you know so it takes a few days a day or two at least for us unless we actually have already done that story okay for us to to get it where you can see it yeah and how did you both get involved with the archives at first and like what is it that you do when you are working with them well i got involved in it um it was kind of I've, my, my life has been like one giant falling into things that are cool. <laughs> um, I, I went to school and I got uh, a degree in broadcasting. Okay. And I, I worked at WFMJ, like I said. And um, as I was doing that, I decided to go back to school and get my master's degree in oh, history. Okay. And it between those two um, specialties and uh, the granddaughter of Mr. Williamson was getting ready to leave that job, it fell into me having this both things, both the history oh, and yeah. the broadcasting together as an experience. So I kind of fell into that job very perfectly for me. I was really thrilled to get it. And uh, Chris kind of came into it. Uh, the gentleman that had the job before him was retiring, and and I knew he was in the area, and I knew he um, 
he luckily was underemployed, so I <laughs> said, hey, dude, you want a job? And, and it said, worked hey, out. dude, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hey, rest is want, history. Yeah, you want, literally. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, really great. I mean, he, like you said, he's got the broadcasting experience, too. He went for, you know, he's got his degree, undergrad degree mm-hmm. in uh, – in broadcasting, mm-hmm. and we both went to OU, oddly oh. enough, also, and YSU, oh. yeah. both, and both ended up at FMJ, and that's how I met him and, and nice. knew that he was still in the area, and with his abilities, um, you know, with the computer, mm-hmm. I can beat my way through um, editing on a on nonlinear editing is what they call it. Um, I can do it, but he grew up with it. Well, Connie, Chris, thank you both again for joining us today. Well, thank, thank you very you, much yeah. for having us. It's been a pleasure. Now, for those of you listening, you can find more about the uh, Business and Media Archives on Facebook, or you could also go to www.mahoneyhistory.org. Metro 30 is produced in collaboration with the Youngstown Radio Reading Service. Visit metromonthly.net for news, features, and the Valley's most complete calendar of events. And be sure to subscribe to the Metro 30 podcast.